Did the feds let BP off the hook? That and other stories for the week ending July 5th, 2015. I'm Jamie Sudler. I'm Franny Halperin. And it's This Week in Water. Last week, BP agreed with the federal government and five state governments to settle claims resulting from the 2010 Deepwater Horizon disaster in the Gulf of Mexico. The rig explosion killed 11, and the resulting spill released 4.2 million barrels of oil into the Gulf. BP is agreeing to pay $18.7 billion in fines and restitution, but not immediately. The oil giant will have 15 years to make payments, most of which will be tax deductible. This amount may seem a little too low to some, considering BP's profits in the single year of 2011 were $7 billion higher than the amount it agreed to pay over many years. According to the New York Times, Wall Street analysts declared the settlement a victory for the company compared to the potential damages it could have faced. Governors of the states involved in the settlement hailed it. Others have claimed BP is getting off light. The National Wildlife Federation had estimated that BP could have been liable for more than $30 billion. A spokesperson for Oceana in the U.S. said that under the settlement, BP will not be fully compensating for the damages it caused. BP said in a statement that the impact of the settlement on the company's balance sheet and cash flow will be manageable and will allow BP to continue to grow its business. BP is now back to drilling in the Gulf with eight rigs operating, but many of the ongoing impacts of the 2010 disaster will not be known for decades. Ever since the city of Detroit threatened to shut off water to people's homes for non-payment of their bills, there have been calls to make water there more affordable. In Detroit, while affordability is drawing attention, about 70 miles away in Flint, the issue is not only affordability, but water quality. The city of Flint recently switched to using the Flint River as its source of drinking water. But residents say that since the change, they've had to deal with rashes, hair loss, muscle stiffness and soreness, not to mention complaints about taste and color. And the cost is high. The average monthly water bill for residents in Flint is $140. On July 3rd, a group of activists set out to walk 10 miles a day from Detroit to Flint to show solidarity in the struggle for clean and affordable water. In Detroit, the activists' efforts may be paying off. Last week, the city council rejected a proposed water rate increase of 7.5%, in part, some say, due to dissatisfaction with the water department's efforts to help those who can't afford water at current rates. One of the people involved in the 70-mile walk, Lila Kabil, called it a journey to make sure that there is the kind of moral justice there should be around water. The city of Lockport, a suburb southwest of Chicago, is being limited by federal and state officials in where it can dig public water wells. Why? Because of all things, an endangered dragonfly. The Heinz Emerald Dragonfly isn't just any dragonfly. It's one of the rarest on Earth and thought to be extinct until some were discovered in the Des Plaines River Valley in 1988. State and federal agencies created a buffer zone around an island in the river to protect the insect, specifically its larvae that depend on groundwater-fed wetlands. And it's that protection that's limiting where Lockport engineers can dig their wells. And apparently it's too much to bear for the city. 
The Chicago Tribune reports that Lockport Mayor Steve Streit is calling on state and federal officials to defend their stance and to answer the question, what happens if it comes down to choosing between the dragonfly and people having access to drinking water? It should be noted that according to the city administrator Ben Benson, Lockport has no current need for more water, but as the city approves more and more plans for residential subdivisions and industrial developments, water demand will grow. According to U.S. Fish and Wildlife, the Heinz Emerald Dragonfly used to be widespread in the Midwest and South, but most of its habitat has been drained and filled to make way for development. But Lockport should realize that the dragonfly is a friend with benefits, such as catching and eating mosquitoes, biting flies, and gnats. Not to mention they're also an important food source for aquatic animals. But probably the most important role they play is as water quality monitors. If they're not thriving, it could indicate larger problems of groundwater contamination from pesticides and urban runoff. And speaking of insects, finally this week, if you're an arachnophobe, you have our permission to turn down the radio. This story might give you the willies. If you thought a good way to avoid spiders might be to get in the water, Turns out that spiders are quite impressive mariners and can sail across large bodies of water like ships, using their legs to catch the wind and their silk to tether to a floating object. That's according to a new study by researchers at the University of Nottingham Spider Lab, published in the journal BMC Evolutionary Biology. The scientists found that when placed in water, more than a third of spiders adopted yoga-like postures that allowed them to use the wind to glide across the surface. For example, the spiders did handstands to allow their abdomens to catch the wind while others simply ran across the surface, essentially walking on water. The research helps explain why spiders have been amongst the first to colonize new habitats and why many species are found all over the globe. Scientists already knew that terrestrial spiders had the ability to travel through a technique called ballooning, where the creatures use their silk to fly through the air. But a downward-facing dog on water? That's a new one. This Week in Water is a production of H2O Radio and is sponsored by Colorado WaterWise. Learn more at coloradowaterwise.org.